Restaurant Unstoppable, episode 166. Are you ready for it factors, success stories, failures, and bombs of restaurant industry knowledge? Then, join Eric Cacciatore and today's incredible guest as they share what it takes to become unstoppable. With excitement, allow me to introduce to you today's guest, James Ealing. James, are you feeling unstoppable today? I am absolutely unstoppable, Eric. <laughs> awesome. Uh, let me just give the folks a quick introduction, and then we'll dive into the content we're going to be covering today. Uh, James is the founder of MarketingForRestaurants.com and is the host of Secret Sauce Podcast, a podcast that provides marketing ideas, strategies, and tactics for restaurant marketing experts. Today, James is going to enlighten us with his vast knowledge on how to leverage Facebook for marketing. James, this is just a quick introduction, a quick overview of who you are and what you're all about. Uh, I can't wait to dive into this interview, but before we do, we got to get that inspirational, motivational ball rolling with a success quote or mantra, what do you have for us today? Uh, I guess the big thing that I always try and run with is execution is everything, and, and what am I going to execute today? You know, yeah. too many times you have a day where you're trying to build your business and you work 12 hours in the day and you get home and you think, you know what, I did nothing today. Everything is the same as, it, you know, to, when I go to work tomorrow, it's going to be the same as was it what it was when I went there today. You've got to do something to move it forward every day. Mm -hmm. And that's awesome. So, so often I talk to so many of these successful, whether they're general managers or restaurateurs or chefs, and they're always trying to improve, always trying to find ways just to be a little bit better. It's that Kaizen mentality, that Japanese philosophy of just always trying to find a better way of doing things. And I love this way to get the interview started off. That's awesome. I guess talk to us about what it is that we're going to be discussing. Just a quick overview of what you want to cover for us today. Oh, I thought it would be really good to talk about Facebook. Uh, it's one of those things that I think so many restaurant owners get into Facebook because they think they should get into Facebook and they don't have any real clear idea about why they're doing Facebook, what you can do with Facebook, and a lot of them waste a lot of time and a lot of money. Mm -hmm. And, you know, most restaurant owners don't have a lot of time and money to waste uh, needlessly doing Facebook, whereas some people are absolutely crushing it just spending the smallest amount of time every day. And I think that's what we want to try and do is help restaurant owners really crush their social media strategy. And Facebook is probably the number one um, social media tool out there. It's, I think it's the easiest one to pick up. And, uh, you know, for any restaurant that's looking to increase profits, Facebook is a great place to start. Yeah, and it's not like Facebook is going to be, like, groundbreaking. It's, it's been a while, around for a while. People have been leveraging Facebook to really get the most out of their marketing dollars. But, I mean, there's just so many things that uh, within the few past years that are new with Facebook that hopefully we can dive into today. I'm sure you'll cover that. So why should restaurants be using Facebook today? Um, I mean, what are some of the things that maybe you want to defunct some of the myths or why it's worth our investment? I think the first thing that you've got to focus on is it's to make money. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you, you're going to be investing time. You're going to be potentially investing money. You might be running some ads on it. It's got to be focused on drawing in more customers and making your uh, those customers turn into repeat customers. That's the that's the really big thing, and too many people lose sight of that. Uh, I see a lot of people say, "Oh, you know, our, our Facebook strategy is awesome. We've got twenty thousand likes," 
and you look at the last five posts they've put up and there's been virtually no engagement whatsoever. Mm-hmm. How much time do we need to give up, would you say, on an on on average day? You know, what's the, what's the payoff? Like, what, how much do we need to invest in time to make it worth our time so we're making money? So I think the really big thing is to uh, embed Facebook into your daily routine. Mm-hmm. You know, the opportunities around Facebook marketing are there all the time. Like, I, in, in the pages that I manage... I will sometimes have a strategy for the day and other times it will be, let's see what's happened. You know, it, mm-hmm. it's when it's when something exciting happens that you think, you know what, I could put this on Facebook. Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, you say to, like, build communities, to get people around you. Uh, I think so often people look at Facebook as a chore, but really it's just – or Facebook or any social media really is just providing a window into your life, showing people, engaging with people on that level that we're engaging with each other today. Um, and it's not, it shouldn't be looked at as a chore. It should be looked at as maybe just, uh, you know, I don't know if you're having more than one Facebook account, if you have your personal account and your restaurant account, but the way I look at it is really at the end of the day, your restaurant is an extension of who you are. If you're in the indie field, more than likely, is that kind of a good way to look at it? Absolutely. I mean, I think it's really good to, to you have a very separate, uh, like I have a very separate persona because that, you know, I don't put stuff up about my well sometimes i do in work stuff i put my kids in there but you know there's a lot of stuff that you want in your personal facebook account but in a restaurant facebook is the perfect opportunity for you to express what makes you different to everyone else Mm -hmm. and if it's different then you're more likely to attract people who are going to be more likely to come back because of that difference Mm -hmm. you know if you're just cooking you know, we work with a lot of indian restaurants and some of them say oh you know we cook indian food that's that's authentic and it's like Everyone says that. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Yeah, I totally hear what you're saying. And, um, I mean, it's just, you know, like, it's that unique selling proposition. What makes you unique? What, you know, separates you from the other restaurants in town? And I feel like when you get on Facebook and you engage with people in that authentic tone of who you are, that's when you start to separate yourself and what, what makes you different. Is that kind of what I'm hearing from you? Absolutely. And, and I think that the if, if you're being authentic... Um, and, and particularly edgy, you know. I see some people who do a really, really good job of being edgy, and mm-hmm. they offend. They offend people. Well, they're not going to make everyone happy, but <laughs> ah, and see, that's the really critical point because you can't make everyone happy all of the time. And these people, and so we've had a couple of incidences uh, recently. There was a a restaurant that said, uh, "I'm sick and tired of kids running around at my restaurant." If your kid is under six, is under seven years old, they can't come into my restaurant. That's wow. it. I've had it. I've had enough. He was on a national news website, got a huge amount of publicity, and the place has been pumping ever since because a whole heap of people have been. You know what? I like to go to a restaurant where it's nice and quiet and fairly orderly, and the kids are behaving themselves, and there's not no one screaming. Now, obviously, that offends, and you know, I've got young kids, so <laughs> I, I wouldn't be going there. But yeah. Uh, <laughs> but he has addressed his niche, um, his, his market. market. Yeah, that's it. And if you're if you're aiming for a niche, then you're much tighter. Your marketing is much tighter. Absolutely. So, James, in the notes you sent me, um, some of the other things that you said you want to cover as far as why we should be using Facebook. You also say to get staff and to run ads. So let's dive first into getting staff and how we can use Facebook to do that. So one of the biggest things I think is you know creating. Um, the culture in your restaurant. Mm. It's really tough. A lot of people on minimum wage. Um, 
and they tend to be, you know, using it as a bit of a stepping stone, you know, maybe working their way through college. On Facebook, you can, you tell, you're telling your customers who you are, but you're also telling the potential staff who you are. And so you're more likely to get the kind of people who are going to get what it is that you're trying to do. They're the ones who are going to put in more of an effort and, and turn up more frequently and hang around longer. Absolutely. And that's one of the things I'm learning that, you know, you're not making a ton of money if you're working in the restaurant industry as, a, you know, if you're just, whether you're front of house or back of house, if you're a line cook or a server or a busser, like people, when they come to work for you, they're not signing up for the paycheck. They're signing up to be a part of something that aligns with their higher needs, whether it's belonging to a certain social group or their friends are there. Like, and when you have that culture, if you set up or you're just your, your morals or whatever it is, that's what they're buying into. And that's a great opportunity on Facebook to really show everybody what you're all about. That's what I'm hearing from you. Absolutely. And I think it's um, too many people always think, oh, you know, this is just about customers. It's just about customers. Um, you know, I also think that um, it's a perfect opportunity to advertise your um, suppliers. Yeah. Where do you get your seafood from? You know, where do you get uh, – I was I was talking to a restaurant owner and he goes, oh, just hang on a sec, I've got a delivery. And he had these fish come in and I'm not a back of house kind of – well, not really front of house either. I'm a marketing guy. But this massive fish came in and it's like, dude, you should be putting that on Facebook. That's awesome, mm-hmm. you know. Like this is part of the story about your restaurant. And he goes, well, it's a fish. It's dirty and I'm going to cut it up. And, and it's like people want to know that. Absolutely. I mean, not only it's not just, you know, showing that you get the fish, but if you are one of these people and, you know, a lot like I don't think it's something, you know, sourcing locally isn't something that you should just strive to do. It's something you should just naturally want to do to support your community. But then again, that's your community. You're going to be uh, tagging whatever company this is if they're on Facebook, your pervert purveyor all their fans are going to get behind it. And that's when people start sharing and really it's those genuine like just true engagement opportunities where you're really just getting behind somebody in your community. And if you get behind them, they're going to get behind you. I think it's really interesting because there's so much value to be had further up the value chain, up your supply chain. Everyone sort of focuses down on their customers. Mm -hmm. And it's like everyone feels really good when a customer says, you know, thank you so much. You've done a great job. Mm -hmm. And yet so many people don't, turn around and look up their supply chain to the people who they are customers of and say, you know what, you've done a really good job. Yeah. So, you know, the local farmer, you know, that you're getting the beef from, you know, do you go out and take photos Mm -hmm. and, you know, talk to them? You know, the local vineyard where you get the wine, could you, you know, do some advertising for them on your Facebook page? Get them to supply a sommelier for a wine night. Yeah. You know, so so many interesting things that you can do if you just look back up the supply chain. You know, one of the things I see that's really in, you know interesting to me, and it seems counterintuitive, is some of the more successful restaurants. They're really good about promoting other restaurants in their community. I mean, can you tap on that? Have you have you noticed that? And what's the benefit of doing that? So you know, I I think that for starters, it's a small community anyway, and you know, people tend to work around in different places. The race is long. You know, you never know who you're going to be working next, mm-hmm. you know, in five years' time. So there's that part of it. I think, though, the other thing is that the big battle mm-hmm. is where are you going to eat tonight? Because the, the big killer for most of the time is that people eat at home or they're going to eat at some, you know, chain restaurant. Yeah. 
Exactly. And I think that's, it's like, you know, there's almost a higher cause today with these independently owned restaurants. They're about supporting each other, about supporting what they're trying to do, which is ethical practices, sustainable practices. And it's that old saying, you know, all ships rise with the tide. Um, yep. You know, you really have to support. It's not just supporting your community. It's supporting the other restaurants in your community to, support, to help each other out. Because you never know when you might be, need, you know, someone to lean on and vice versa. And I think it's just great when I see that. But I mean, that's just another way of just showing, uh, engaging with your community and just uh, using Facebook to really show what you're all about. And I think that's one thing that we don't do enough of is to support the other local businesses in our community. So, Let's talk a little bit about running ads. That's one of the things you listed here as why we should be using Facebook. How powerful are Facebook ads today? I think ridiculously powerful. Oh, my gosh. Why is um, it so powerful? It is the closest that you or I will ever get to working for the NSA. So <laughs> the NSA has got this massive database and everything, and they know virtually everything. Mm. Facebook is a close second. Mm. So you can target um, for instance, you can target people who've gone to your website. Now, they've probably gone to your website and for whatever reason they've decided that they don't want to come back. You can retarget to them. You know, you can do some ads to try and get them across the line to make a booking or to, to order online. That's the first thing. The second thing is the demographics. So I am looking for single men aged uh, 21 to 29 who are living alone. Those people probably can't cook for themselves, big generalization, but it's fairly accurate, mm-hmm. uh, and probably would be, would be interested in a, in a takeout meal. So you can structure a deal towards those people and advertise just to those people. Now, how hard is it to get in there? I mean, is this something we should be intimidated by? Like, how easy is it to set up one of these ads? Where should we start? Where do we go? So when you've got your, your Facebook page, mm-hmm. uh, there's, a, there's a tab, create an ad, and Literally, you just go through it, and it, there's a whole heap of drop-down boxes, you know, people who use iPhones, uh, people who are newly engaged, uh, migrants from various countries, uh, people who speak a language, you know. Mm-hmm. If you run a Chinese restaurant, do you want to go looking for people who can speak Mandarin? Okay. Yeah, you know. So if you're creating a Facebook ad, what are some of the hot spots, the, the, the things that you think will really help separate you or leverage the most out of that ad, the can you think of just a few things you can pull it off for us? Uh, images. You know, um, I think it's getting easier and easier and easier to create awesome images now. Okay. Uh, five years ago, most people went out and got a professional photographer. We recommend against that because literally the difference between even a photo taken with uh, an iPhone um, can be almost indistinguishable from a professional photographer. As long if you spend, you know, a few minutes getting the lighting right and the composition and all of those sort of things, you can take some awesome photos with your iPhone. Yeah. And then literally straight from the iPhone, you can you can share that on the page. Then you just go in and create an ad. Yeah. And what are some of the other tools that you know of that you can really make great images with that are just easy? Uh, so uh, I love Canva. Ah, thank Uh, you. I'm happy you mentioned that. (laughs) (laughs) It just makes it so easy. I mean, I know so many people struggle with, you know, creating... You want to put a bit of text in there. You you can't have more than 20% text in a Facebook ad. That's one of the the downers with Facebook. Um, But 
you know, you can put a, a clear call to action in there, mm-hmm. which everyone's going to see, and, you know, you can do it. I reckon I've done my quickest one in under two minutes. Oh, wow. And just to make sure folks at home are know what we're talking about, it's called Canva. It's C-A-N-V-A, and it's a, a drag-and-drop graphic design uh, technology where it literally, uh, a, like, a monkey could get in there and make a graphic design. And it even goes as far as, like, helping you pick out uh, whether you're doing a Facebook uh, page or you want to do a Facebook ad or it's a newsletter or a poster, like you, it gives you the templates and it's so easy and it's free. Uh, you can use some images that are, you know, they'll charge you a dollar, but really you're, you're going to come out of that, that uh, uh, operation of creating this, this graphic design, maybe spending $5 max. And for five dollars, you can get a pretty kick butt image, and the things you can do are pretty outstanding. So I just want to make sure we're um, so that's Canva C A N V A dot com. You should check it out. It's awesome. It's awesome, oh, yeah. and it really I, I love these tools that um, put the power back in the hand of the small business owner. Uh huh. You know, absolutely. I think another one that's worth mentioning is PicMonkey too. I don't use that too much, but I've heard it's right up there with like you upload your your uh your picture and then you can like just add text and do a bunch of different crazy things too yeah and there's a i've I've heard a few people talking about it yeah i haven't used it myself though so you said uh one of the secrets uh to having a good facebook ad is having the images just to recap and then some of the tools you can be leveraging are canva.com and PicMonkey. um i i would even go as far as saying 99designs is a good tool to use if you really want to get like if you're running a big campaign and you just don't trust yourself you can get pretty good graphic design at 99designs. Is that one that you would recommend? Our logo was done with 99designs. Oh, really? And so, just there you go. Ballpark, what were you spending for a logo like that? Just people are, will know. I would have thought $300, I think. And that's and, and really we... not bad. Like People might be cringing, but I'm sure you could probably do even cheaper than that if you wanted to. Yeah, so we, 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 paid, um, we paid more than we needed to. Yeah. Uh, we had... We would have had 140 designs to choose from. And, like, I know uh, we got one quote from a local designer, and it was going to be, like, $1,500. And then they said that should be enough, but it might be more. It's just crazy. It's just, you know, you get a couple of designs, and then you're kind of locked into those two, and they'll, they'll do a few iterations, whereas we literally... We gave them the brief, and they had uh, – there was just so many ideas that came at us. It was mm-hmm. it was awesome. Yeah, i got to check that out for sure. I'm, I'm interested to see about what they can do because I have some work they could be, be doing for me. But uh, just before we move on, I want to add or ask, so how much are we looking to spend for a real knockout Facebook ad campaign? Uh, pretty much all of my campaigns start at the default $6 Wow, uh, a day. <laughs> That's you know? pretty awesome. So you mean you can do a pretty significant campaign for say twenty five or fifty dollars? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And the really important thing to remember is the more engaging the photo, the offer, the story, the question, whatever it is that you put up, the cheaper it will be to advertise. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I think we've covered a lot of the why we should be on Facebook. For not like, Facebook isn't yesterday. It's still very much prevalent and relevant. Um, so let's talk about some of the mistakes now that you see a lot of people making when they're using Facebook. Uh, I see a lot of people who have a page that's set up as a personal page. Mm-hmm. So instead of liking the page, you're friends with them. Yeah, so what that, are, what's what's the problem with that? Well, it creates all sorts of issues. Um, uh, I, I went to one restaurant and they had this awesome 
uh, it was lamb shank curry, um, and it came out with a roti in the shape of a teepee, and it just looked amazing. And I took a photo of it, and I thought, oh, I'm going to share it on their page. And I couldn't because it was a personal page, and you had to be accepted as their friend before you could post on their page. Mm-hmm. The other thing is you don't get any of the insights, and you can't run ads. Mm. So, and literally, it was a, it was quite a problem, you know, two years ago. Now, with Facebook being the way that it is, where in a lot of respects it's pay to play, um, it's deadly. Like you, literally, your your page is dead in the water. And we see a lot of people who say, "Oh, you know, but I've got two thousand friends. What am I going to do?" And it's like, well, you literally got to start all over again. Oh man, <laughs> that's I don't even even want to know what that feeling must be like. I know. Uh, um, so, I mean, are there any other mistakes, uh, or any other reasons why we need to, like, just need to get away from setting up as a friend or, or business? Is there anything else you want to mention? I think the biggest th- mistake that we see is just selling too much. Mm-hmm. It's social media. It's called social media for a reason. It's social. And we keep coming back to this, you know, it's about you being unique. It's not, you know, today is, you know, half price Palmer night. Tonight is, you know, that's not social. That's just selling. Yeah. And people aren't interested in that. And I saw one restaurant and they said, oh, you know, Facebook doesn't work. It's all a load of garbage. And all they had done was posted the same offer for a Tuesday night for the last 10 weeks. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) And it was like, are you kidding me? This is awful. Yeah, I mean, the analogy I like to use um, when I talk to people about this is imagine being at a party, like where there's a hundred people at this party in a big room, and there's that one guy who's standing on a chair just talking about me, me, me. How many people are you going to think are going to, like, you know, want to engage with that person or talk to them? They're going to be standing in the corner, at, you know, over time talking to themselves. Um, and that's basically what you're doing on Facebook when you're just broadcasting and talking about yourself. Nobody wants to be friends with that person at the party. That is exactly it. And that, that is one of the other, you know, huge mistakes that I uh, see uh, done is when people outsource. Mm-hmm. Because outsourcers generally, they're trying to, to drive a revenue result, so they're often selling. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I use a very similar analogy, you know. How would you feel if someone was at a party and said, you know, Hey, uh, I'm here on behalf of James, and uh, he he might be really interested to meet you. Uh, I'll like to take your details, <laughs> and uh, you know I'll pass on your details to him, and you know uh, he might get back to you, which is effectively what outsourcing is. I mean, that would be that would be really bad. It Absolutely. would be crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of just like I don't know. It's just with Facebook, like yourself. It's people I see they just like when they want to buy uh like or outsource they're thinking about all the images that they'll be able to get it will look they'll have pictures that are there and all these people are doing are probably using camera just like you could easily do but like it's not about broadcasting it's not about having flashy images it's about making other people feel special it's about promoting your community engaging with people like continuing the conversation outside the restaurant and how can you continue the conversation outside the restaurant if you were never a part of the conversation inside the restaurant I mean, I, I just don't think people get it. And I, I, that's, that, that's the whole thing. It's, a, it's about you being unique. And, you know, the other thing that we find is that people tend to be outsourced social media people tend to be very bland. Yeah. Because 
the big risk is if they say something and it all goes pear-shaped and, you know, you get a whole heap of people saying, oh, that's outrageous, I'm never going to eat in your restaurant, they know that they're going to get fired. So they tend to play ultra-conservative and never do anything that's a bit crazy or a bit controversial or a bit out there. And they are the things that Facebook loves. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, because it's authentic. At the end of the day, it's just about being yourself and just, like I said, opening those windows and letting people peer into your life. It's just a glimpse of who you are. Absolutely. Absolutely. And they don't get that. When it's outsourced, they don't get that. So the the trick really is to um, – and also if it if something happens in the restaurant, by the time it gets to the social media outsourced person, it's two or three days since it happened. Mm-hmm. You know, you want it to, you know, hey, this is happening right now. Check out who's in the restaurant now. Yeah, I hear you, man. Absolutely. So on that topic of, like, what we should be posting, like, what are some of the posts that we should be making? Like, if you could just, like, narrow it down just a few things, like, on a daily basis, like, what should we be focusing on in our posts? Okay, so the number one thing to do with Facebook is, uh, so using pages managers on your phone, um, train your servers to look for the group that's having a good time they you know a group of 10 people maybe it's a birthday party they've had a few beers they're all having a really good time they're the slightly loud group in the restaurant you go over there and say everyone looks like they're having such an awesome time do you mind if i take a photo for facebook mm-hmm. and take the photo and then immediately say you know hey it's it's bob's 25th birthday happy birthday bob and then go back and say, thank you for everyone. I've just put it up on Facebook. Because you know that 50% of the people are going to pull their phones out and tag themselves in that photo. Yeah, immediately, right after you take it. So we had one restaurant that went from 100 likes to 1,000 likes in six weeks with that one tactic. Wow, that's amazing. It's, it's crazy. Just by it's... asking to take pictures at the restaurant. And and when they've done it, you know, and you've got to do it there and then you've got to say, I've, I've just put it up on Facebook. You guys looked awesome. What are some other oh. secret tactics you can give us? Um, you know, menu images. I mean, everyone loves food porn, and this is the food <laughs> porn industry, and yet too many people don't do that, you know? Yeah. I find uh, one of the things, um, you know, you, you see some restaurants, they don't like take people taking photos because often it's, you know, the photo doesn't look very good, and, you know, they put all that work into the food, and then it doesn't look that good on Facebook. Rather than discouraging them, you should be bringing lights over and saying, is there anything else I can get you to make this photo perfect? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, but, you know, today's special of the day is blah. And if you do that at lunchtime and, you know, come in all day, we've got, you know, um, roast duck in an orange sauce. That's If you've got a decent-sized community, people will come in and say, hey, I'm here for the duck sauce. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm here for the for the duck, you know. So food, I mean, that's the first thing because that people that drives engagement. So before we move on to like the next thing you should be posting, um, let me ask: when it comes to taking pictures of your food, what's the best type of lighting you should be using? So you want light that's fairly um, diffuse, not too bright, um, but definitely. I mean, and it's a big issue in restaurants is a lot of them are fairly dimly lit. Yeah. So I've... somewhere like over. Pass, yeah, somewhere where there's a good light. I've heard natural light is the best kind of light. So, I mean, if you have something, if you're uh, a restaurant that's open at night, maybe try to make a dish um, before it gets dark and just go to a window and use that natural light. I've, I've heard that's the best kind of light you should be using. 
Yeah, definitely, because it, it so, I think it softens the shadows. I'm no mm-hmm. super photographer, but um, it softens the shadow. It doesn't look quite as stark, and, um, you know, you don't get that washed out like that you can with some of the uh, interior light or, um, or with flash yeah. as well. And uh, before we move on to the next uh, you know, bullet you gave me that we wanted to cover, uh, I'm currently reading Nick Cirillo's book. Uh, it's an awesome book. Is it a slice of the pie? It is. Yeah, you're familiar with it. I've just finished reading it. Awesome, yeah. So in that book, <laughs> <laughs> it's a great book. I'm reading it right now. Nick's going to be on the show tomorrow. I'm, i got like a, like 50 more pages to get through before I get him on the show. But oh, anyway, man, awesome. <laughs> I was thinking of hitting him up. Because you should. I'll he, connect to you personally. Awesome, because he has done an amazing job. You know? <laughs> he like, really has. Yeah, in that book, you'll know what I'm talking about. He talks about how he creates a culture and standards about social media that he's created it so – Literally anyone in the, his restaurant is allowed to post their social media account. And I think the power in that, if you're somebody who doesn't think you have enough time to do it, you don't have to be the person who's doing it. Just create these standards, have that culture established, so you can literally provide um, you know, anyone who has access to a, a camera who works for you, a phone or whatever, can be posting to your account. And that's such easy uh, content, and I just wanted to point that out. I think that's a really good point, but it it goes to the deeper part of um, running a restaurant, and that is being able to divorce yourself from being there all of the time. I think this is one of the big tragedies of running a restaurant is that too many people are essential in their restaurant. And, uh, like, I know what the pressure is, you know, you, you have one night off, it's the quiet night, um, and someone goes in there and has a really bad experience and then it's on TripAdvisor or Yelp all over the place about how bad the restaurant is and you think, man, this is my one night off and now I'm, uh, now I'm in deep trouble. But, you know, building that culture mm-hmm. so that you can feel secure in having a night off or two nights off because otherwise you just burn out. The hours oh, are too yeah. ridiculous. Oh, yeah. We, I think this could be a whole other episode. I really do. Um, but I just wanted to point that out that, you know, it, it's doesn't have to be you taking the picture. Um, if no, you create no. those cultures that you, you have the standards, everyone knows what's acceptable and what's not acceptable, um, then you can be taking pictures and really engaging left and right because all these people, all these young people who just get it will be creating amazing content for you. So, um, what's some of the other things we got to wrap it up real soon. I have bulleted here, ask questions. Uh, so, you know, have local news, team news, and then you said also 10% sales off. So do you want to tap on those real quick? Yeah. So ask questions. If you're thinking, if you're working on designing a menu, mm-hmm. you know, outsource that to your customers. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, uh, and just to remind everybody, we're talking about the kind of posts you should be putting out there. So, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, we're thinking of these two dishes. Which one should we put on the menu? Mm-hmm. You know, would you prefer, you know, the chicken or the duck? You know, yeah. here's a picture of both. Which one Which one would, do you, would you think would be better? Because when someone comes in and they see the duck on the menu, it's like, hey, I said I wanted the duck. Awesome. Like, this is the menu that I helped create. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, no. you're... Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. you're then, like, this is the menu that I helped create. You're creating a much better experience for someone rather than just, oh, I'll have the duck. Mm -hmm. This is the duck that I wanted. 
Yeah. And you know what? Not only are you engaging with them and making them feel like they're a part of the the, the decision-making, which gives them that ownership of the restaurant, uh, but also when you, leave, when you leave it open-ended like that, you're inviting people to comment and to engage. And that's when people start engaging and liking and commenting. It puts you really like right into that news feed. That's where it draws more eyes and it's just gets, you get more impact out of the, 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 the post. So it's Absolutely. really powerful. Uh, so local news, what's going on in the local neighborhood, mm-hmm. you know, try and, you know, be the information source for the things that are going around. Cause that means that people are more likely to follow you. You're the hub of the, of the community. You're the place that they're probably going to wait at. Yeah, and if it is local, if it is happening locally, again, it's going to be those local people sharing, liking, commenting, and you're, again, just going to be thrown into that news feed, which is really where where you want to be, correct? Absolutely, and depending on on your business plan and your marketing plan, you know, it might be the locals who you want to be the regulars. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're not relying on tourism, um, you you need people to be coming back, you know, once or twice a month. Mm -hmm. That's a great way of doing it. Yeah. yeah. And what do you mean team, by news? team news? Yeah, exactly. Go there. So, so, you know, your your team, you know, the front of house, the back of house, what's their story? Mm. You know, how do they relate to the whole big picture? You know, who's just had a baby, who's, you know, been overseas on a holiday? What have they done? What makes them special? You know, and you the, know. the way I think about that, it's like a mom, right? Picture, picture your mom on Facebook, man. She's blowing <laughs> everything up. But really, when you love, when you have the, this team and you love your team, you're the mom, you're the dad. You want to promote your people. You want to show everyone how much you love your team. And when you show that love, when you put everyone out there, um, again, like their parents, <laughs> right? Their actual parents are going to take that and share it because like they're proud of their kids. And it's just when you get behind people and you make it about just being a real human and doing human things with social media, uh, this, it's a great opportunity to do those things. And one thing I wanted to ask you, um, what do you feel about on the about page with the restaurants They have every team member from the general manager to the dishwasher on their website with a picture and a bio? How do you feel about that? It, it all depends on, you know, how your branding is and, and what it is that you want to do. Like, mm-hmm. I think it's a great opportunity to, um, you know, for everyone to express themselves. And, like, everyone's job's important, mm-hmm. you know. The dishwasher's job's important. Otherwise, you know, you pretty much run out of dishes, you know, a couple of hours into service. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, for, for some places it works really well, and it depends on what kind of person you are. You know, mm-hmm. what is, what's the message that you want to do? Some people do a really good job where they don't have many people in it at all. You know, they come up with, you know, captions and quotes and wacky pictures and things like that, and that's the message that they want to send out. So it really comes down to the branding and the, yeah. the thing that you want to get across. Yeah, I mean, I just love it personally. I feel like when you go to the website and you can uh, feel like you get to know that restaurant, the people in that restaurant, because really at the end of the day, it's about the people in the restaurant and making those human connections. And when you can learn about the people, I just feel like the power there is so significant. And I don't, maybe we can talk about this another day. Um, Is there anything you wanted to add? Oh, just, you know, for the the people in the back of house, you know, for the head chef, you know, he gets all of the glory. Mm-hmm. But for the, for the dishwashers, they don't. Yeah. And being able to put them on the Facebook page yeah. and say, hey, you know, here's a guy who's slaving away out the back. You know, we think he's doing a cracking job. Absolutely. 
that can make a big difference. No better way just to show appreciation than just acknowledging people publicly. It's really powerful. And uh, the last thing you have written down, some things you want to talk about, was 10% sales offers. So literally no more than you, of your post should, no more than 10% of your posts should be sales and offers. Mm-hmm. You know, Absolutely. most of it's got to be humorous, you know, social driven, informational. You don't want, it wants to be very little of that, you know, coming tonight because, you know, we've got this offer on. If you're doing too much of it, then you're just selling way too much. Absolutely. Yeah. Really, you're just, like you said, promoting everyone else, engaging. All of your posts needs to be about almost everyone but you. And then that 10%, oh, by the way, we have a special. Or by That's the way, it. like, yeah. And you just sneak it in there. Um, well, I mean, I think we covered everything you wanted to discuss today. We're kind of running up on our, our uh, time here. Is there anything else you want to share with us, James? You've been awesome. Just get in there and do it. You know, have a bit of fun. You find out about your audience. You find out about your target audience by doing it. But if you don't do a post today, then today's the day you didn't do a post. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, have a crack. Awesome. Are there any indie restaurants out there, James, that you can think of? Somebody that you just admire, somebody who's doing great marketing, you can just call them out maybe to be a future guest on the show? Uh, so Paramount Coffee uh, Project in Sydney, in Australia. Okay. Uh, they came up with a th- – this is one of the things to think about is, you know, maybe the uh, the Facebook tail should be wagging the menu dog they came up with a uh, a dessert called which they called diabetes mm-hmm. and uh, which is moderately offensive to people who have diabetes um, i can 't remember what was in it, but it sounded pretty awesome. It was the kind of thing that I would eat tragically <laughs> um, and i 'll probably end up with diabetes because I eat st- things like that but um, got nationwide press because of this uh, very offensive dessert. Um, and like literally they would have got a hundred thousand dollars worth of PR out of it. And 90% of people saw that and gone, have gone, wow, that's a dessert that I would eat today. And so we're really, really busy about it. I can, I'll <laughs> send their details through to you, but yeah, yeah for it sure. was a, awesome. And it was written up everywhere. Everyone was talking about it. Huge. Right. Awesome. Maybe we can get them on the show to tell that story. Awesome. Uh, suggestion yeah, there. Yep. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, that's all we have. James, you've been incredible. Uh, thank you so much for coming on the show, man. There's no questioning. You are unstoppable, unstoppable. And let the the folks at home know how we can connect with you. Uh, yeah. So, uh, marketingforestaurants.com. Uh, that's got all of the information about all of the things that we do to help restaurants find more customers and turn them into repeat customers. Beautiful. Awesome. I'll have those links in the show notes. Just go to restaurantunstoppable.com slash James Ealing, and you'll find all the links to everything we talked about today. Uh, James, thank you so much. Uh, you are incredible. We'll talk to you soon, I'm sure. Thanks, Eric. Thanks for all the work that you do because your <laughs> podcast is uh, is unstoppable. It's awesome. There's so much value in it. Oh, thank, thank you, you so much. It's been a blast. I'm learning so much. Cheers. <laughs> Bam! Another episode in the bags here at Restaurants Unstoppable. James, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your expertise with us. Yeah, I know Facebook, you know, it's it's not breaking ground. It's not like a news flash that it's good to be on Facebook. We know this. But still, so often, people just fall short of what they could be doing leveraging these free tools. And I think it was just necessary to have James come on the show and just to remind you guys... Uh, on what you could be doing and how to do it right, uh, how to leverage Facebook to your fullest 
uh, potential. So, some great lessons in this episode. If you want to check out the things we discussed today, just head over to restaurantunstoppable.com slash James Ealing, and that's E. L-I-N-G. Um, we'll have all the links to the books we discussed today, to the links, to the tools, Canva, 99designs, PicMonkey, if you want to leverage those tools in your social media campaigns. And uh, also, do check out that book by Nick Cirillo, A Slice of the Pie. Uh, he's going to be on the show next week. It's a small world how things like this uh, just pop up. But yeah, some great advice there on just how to build a culture around your Facebook Campaign to give people uh, the empowerment to make decisions to share certain things. I mean, it doesn't have to be hard, and there's some great lessons in that book and how he handles uh, Facebook, which I'm sure we'll uh, tap into next week when he's a guest on the show. So stay tuned for that episode. Uh, and if uh, you have any questions about the things we discussed today, don't be afraid to contact me, Eric at restaurantunstoppable.com, or shoot. James an email. I'll have his contact information in the show notes as well. All right, guys, that's all I have for you today. Thank you so much for joining us today and to taking one step closer to being unstoppable. Until next time, peace out.